I'm a motherfucking beast girl In this jungle out here Everybody, what's going Good on? Morning. Good morning. What's going on? So we're <laughs> back for another episode of the Relationship DNA. Damo's not here today, so I tapped in Adina. So she's gonna be the DNA. <laughs> How's everything? Hey, bro. How are you? Hi, everybody. Yes, yes, oh. yes. So tell How us what you've been up to. Everything's good. Everything is good. You know, when you moved. From outside of the city into the suburbs, life is more zen-like. I hear you. Somebody's yeah. bougie out there. I'm bougie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm far from bougie. I'm just loud and, and ratchet up here in TT, that's all. Period. <laughs> so we're glad to have our sister Tap back in and join us for another episode. Yes, so, it's been a long time. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. So I'm glad to have you back. Yes, I'm glad to be here. So we briefly discussed the topic. So we'll announce the topic to everybody first, and then we'll go into mm -hmm. everything else that's going on. Today's topic is called, mm -hmm. so you trust me to make you a mother, but you don't trust me to be a father. Co-parenting. Co-parenting can be stressful, honey. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into that, but before we get into the topic, Let's hit everybody with our morning affirmation. These are the good words that we hope that you take in your mornings that you can mm -hmm. use throughout your journey that'll give you some encouragement. So, Dina, what you got for the folks? So I picked this one because it also kind of tied into our conversation earlier this morning. So today's affirmation is, I don't always have to read the entire book to understand what I want. Sometimes life opens us up just to the right page. Mm. I felt like that one spoke to my soul because it actually popped up on my phone earlier today. But in life, I find like we try to do so much by the book and by structure, and that's just not what life is really about. We may start off in like chapter one, but somehow end up in chapter 15. And that is the chapter that we are to be in at that time. So I feel like this quote, this, this affirmation just spoke a lot. Yo, that's some powerful words, though. Mm -hmm. Somebody's in a zen-like mode out there. So, <laughs> on top of that, I will add mm -hmm. to my morning affirmation as sometimes miscommunication is okay. It's all about how you recover, how you mm -hmm. grow, how you expand, how you adjust. Mm -hmm. you know, everything's not going to be perfect in communication. Everybody's brain process is different, develops, right. identifies different. If you want to get to the understanding of somebody's true words or true meanings, just ask. Mm -hmm. just ask a little more. Go a little deeper into the topic. Peel back the layers of the onion so you can truly understand what's being delivered. But hopefully down the line, everybody can get to some true understanding in their communication skills. So, Amen. Continue to work. That's a good one, too. Yes, that's a continued work in progress. That was a good one for me because 
in my work, communicating is like on the top of my list. So why make sure that I don't hold anything in? And if I feel something, I communicate it right then and there. <clears throat> I'm really learning on how to deliver it because I want to always make sure that I'm heard as well as if somebody's communicating with me, I want to be able to have an understanding of what they're saying. So that way I know how to move going forward. Mm. I don't want anybody to just say what they're saying and then I hear it, but from my perspective and I'm not treating them or the relationship right. And I want the same thing. So communicating is a big thing. And I think a lot of stuff goes away because of the breakdown in communication. Definitely. There is so many layers that spiral out of control from miscommunication. That's one reason mm -hmm. why I don't send too many text messages. The minute I feel like you're right. point, I call you. Let's, let's stop yeah. back and forth. Let's figure out what, what's being said. How do we hurry up and get this conversation done in five seconds? Then mm -hmm. so absolutely. Yeah. Texting is never texting and email is never good when you want to have like a real heart to heart of communication because it can go left so quickly. Definitely. <laughs> so now that we hit them with the morning affirmation, are you ready yes. to jump into our relationship role play? Yeah, I get to be my ex co-parent. I get to play him in a sense. So I get to, <laughs> I get so to be for, like him. <laughs> for the viewers, this relationship role play is where we write down a scenario attached to the topic. We act it out for about two, three minutes to see where it goes. So the scenario is, a father has just won custody of the children and thus won the child support. Mm -hmm. A few weeks later, the mother calls the father to act to be taken off of child support and the father disagrees. And we go from there. Okay. Dina got the character trait of <laughs> anger. <laughs> and I have the character trait of deflector. Okay. So let's see where this thing goes. Are you ready to start it? Yeah, I come in guns blazing, huh? Okay. Yes, yes, God. yes. Get into You're character. ruining the zen. You're ruining the zen already. <laughs> you gotta get into character. You you love acting. No, not really, but we could do this. <laughs> All right, so let's start. You call me. Ring ring. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. That's great. Do you have a moment? Sure. So I wanted to know, like, with this whole situation as far as child support goes, I would like to talk to you about you considering taking me off. Why would I do that? I mean, what is the point? I don't have any problems with helping you out when the kids need stuff. But to keep me on full child support, I just don't understand. Like, I feel like we can work something out amongst ourselves. So let me ask you a question. When it was reversed and I was on child support and I asked the same thing, you didn't grant me the same grace. So why should I grant you the grace? We're not talking about the past, though. We're, we're no. talking about like, right now. We're not talking about us. We're talking about you. Right. We're talking about me in the present tense, not in the past. And so we're not even revisiting the past tense of your situation. I'm just talking to you right now as to the present. And if there's a way that we can work it out amongst ourselves. We can work it out by you experiencing how it feels to be on child support for a while. So this is tip for tat, that's what you're saying. Because no, it, it kind of sounds 
it's kind of coming off like a little petty. It's not tit for tat. It's the law, as they told me when I was on child support. But are you hearing what you're saying, though? Because yeah. how you're presenting it is like, this is what happened to me. So you just don't have to deal with it. I'm just saying that. It's kind of giving tit for tat vibes. I'm just saying that how is it that it's okay for me to experience it and struggle when I'm not getting full paychecks and I'm telling you that, you know, I'm a great father, I'm here for the children and you wouldn't want to take me off, but now- I wasn't I'm able here. to do it. I wasn't wow. able to do it then. That doesn't make any sense. I needed all the help I can get back then. Okay. And yeah. I need help now. So that's why I'm coming to you. Well, I have the kids now, so I'm the one that needs the help. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to help. I'm just saying that if we can go on a need by basis. How about we revisit this in like a year so I can figure out how I will. But I need the help now. I, I, I just, like a year. I just don't see how we how we can just adjust automatically when you need it. I don't understand what the issue is. Like we can figure it out and who's to say it's going to be permanent. It could go right back to what it is in a month or so, or even maybe in six months. I'm just asking for the right now. If you need something, let me know and we can take it from there. Well, how about this? Why but the you... child support is just like right now, it's just not working for me. It's not feasible. So why don't you give me an opportunity just to pray on it? Let me see what Jesus tells me to do. Oh, so we just want to be petty all the way. I'm not being petty. I really want to talk to my God and see, like, is this a blessing in disguise that I'm getting the money now? Or should I just let you off? Because that's the Christian thing to do. I, I just need to, I need to figure that out for a second. Go with God, because God will tell you to take me off. Time. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was actually fun. <laughs> That was a good one. <laughs> I hope the viewers enjoyed the role play as well. I enjoyed doing these little skits here and then. I hope like it makes the episodes fun before we get into the meat and bones of the of the topic. <laughs> the way to kind of like approach the conversation. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so now back to this topic. So you trust mm -hmm. me to make you a mother, but you don't trust me to be a father. The plagues of co-parenting. When you hear that topic in its totality, what comes to mind? So you trust me enough to make me your mom. Okay, I see there. So you know there's like a, the difference between men and women in a sense. We, and I'm not gonna say all women, naturally women have this instinct that they are automatically turned on as a parent from the time of conception. We don't have it so easy to just walk away as to where men, and again, I'm not saying all women, because there are women who have willingly walked away from being a parent and just left it with the father, which is a topic that I feel should get more light because there are a lot of single fathers out there who have been doing it from day one and they don't get the recognition that they deserve. But for the moms who take on that role, they have to continue to push through no matter what their life circumstance is because ultimately they still have to parent, especially when it's just them in the household. And a lot of the times the fathers tend to move in life as if 
parenting comes second and everything in their life comes first. So there's always that that battle that goes on. And there are women who tend to seek child support as a gotcha type of thing. I'm gonna get you back. Like it's more of a punishment instead of the actual need. I'm okay with child support when it's needed, not when it's done out of a state of ill intent. As a parent, neither parent should just feel like they don't have to help out financially. Like to me, I just find that to be baffling that the minute we separate is like your your role as a parent goes out the window. If the courts have to get involved, then the courts should get involved. And some people use it as a way to make sure that everything is done properly instead of having to chase you down. That's the way you have situations where it's done as a, I'm going to just fuck up your life type of thing. <clears throat> Men don't look at it the same way that we, like women do. Like when you guys... I don't think either party though looks at it like, yes, this is the perfect father that I want in my life. Do you think so? Well, you said a whole lot. So <laughs> let's let, uh, how, how do I say this? Mm -hmm. I am all for child support when a father is completely absent. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why current times in society, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, a breakup or a failed marriage equates to child support. I don't know why that has become a notion. I agree. If, if you were married, mm -hmm. that means that y'all were playing this game together, correct? Mm, right. In some form of way. If you were to living together and you had a kid, y'all were playing this some way, you know, but if you just happen to get pregnant and he's like, I don't want nothing to do with the child, then okay, you're setting a precedent that you're not going to be involved. Now it would make yeah. sense for the courts, courts to get involved. And mm -hmm. the main issue I have with the court thing, it's never in the best interest of the child. It's in the best mm -hmm. interest of the court, which is foreign to a lot of people in the court system that they get a cut no matter what. That's why it's a billion mm -hmm. dollar business. Mm -hmm. The money that you would get is kind of shortened to pay for the court fees and all the stuff like that. So right. everybody's actually getting less than they're supposed mm -hmm. to. So there's a way to work it out. Why even get the courts involved in as a former uh, person that worked in a court, uh, worked in a law firm, they said that we're the last option when it comes to custody or divorce. You know why? Mm -hmm. Our job is to win. It's not for the best interest of the child or, or the spouse. We need right. to figure out one, how much money you have to mm -hmm. see how much we can put you in court for because the lawyers we go up against, we're all coworkers, we're colleagues. We just work for different teams. Right. So mm -hmm. you need to know where the money is and how long we're going to bleed you in court. But it's never in the best mm -hmm. interest of you or your children. It's the best right. interest to get our wins because who wants to hire a lawyer that loses? Agree. So it's a Absolutely. lot of parameters to this court system thing. Mm -hmm. But I want to bring it back to in your surroundings from what mm -hmm. you see, do you think society uh, kind of paints the picture that men are just absent in children's life or is that something that you actually see so for us i would say like i it's not only something that is constantly painted 
it is something that we do see a lot more of compared to, I would say, when I had my son. In the last 23 years, you do see more of an uptick and you see a lot of damage in these relationships. The men feel a way towards the woman and vice versa because there's so many unresolved and pent up feelings is more no one is thinking about the child honestly everybody they're just more engrossed in the fight against each other <clears throat> so i think there needs to be more of a deeper look because single fathers are constantly looked over the dads that even if they're no longer in a relationship with the mom but still very active in the children's lives they're not praised enough for the things that they do it has to go across the board you know we can we can clap hands for the single mom all the time but we need to also clap hands for the single active fathers instead we see way too much of the dads that are just out here living their lives while their children are just left behind not knowing what the hell is going on and these children are growing up feeling well internally dealing with all these feelings as to why they're not good enough for their father to be around because the father is so stuck in their anger towards the mom they're not even considering the child's feelings you guys don't have to get along to to raise a child it is better when both parents get along because it makes the co-parenting situation easier but there's so many other avenues in order to still be made a part of your child's life instead of just your soul focused on your ill feeling towards the mom that you just dismiss the child altogether. Mm -hmm. I will agree <clears throat> that on both sides, there's this pent up anger against each other that prevents the right. parenting or the communication. Mm -hmm. I want to ask, what do you, what, how do you feel towards those since we talked about from the father's perspective of being mm -hmm. pinned up anger against against the mother, how do you view the mothers, just these specific crop of mothers that have the same pinned up anger against the father, but raises the children and doesn't actually put more better qualities or outcomes into the children? As far as like qualities, would give me an example. A lot of times we're seeing history repeat itself. Okay. And when I say repeat itself, I'm saying <clears throat> in our age range, I hear a lot of women complain about boys being mama's boys or, you know, boys not knowing how to step up, not how to man up, how to take control, make decisions, stuff like that. But then I'm mm -hmm. watching them raise their kids, not do the same thing. And I'm kind of like, you just creating the same pattern that you're complaining about. How do you view that situation? So you're saying that this is the thought process of the mom but instead of her even though that's her feeling instead of her not having her child maybe around good fatherly type so they can learn you don't see them doing that yeah like just doing something to change the narrative or change the outcome <clears throat> i think a lot of that ties into the frustration and the anger it's kind of hard to do that you um so speaking from my experience, right? <clears throat> my son's father and I separated when he was probably about eight, maybe. Cause it was a lot of, there was back and forth. 
he his role was a prime example of what I'm talking about because when him and I were on good terms that being around all the time and that dad that he was when we were together it wasn't the same and it was more because even in our conversations now like he he will admit to it so it's like you're doing it out of the same because you're trying to punish me in some kind of way leaving all the responsibility on me but what ends up happening is there's a lot of pent up feelings between <clears throat> the son and the dad in, in my case. So as my son is an adult now, like he is able to communicate his feelings a lot more, but out of his own mouth, he also has admitted to not seeing that type of dynamic is you kind of look to everyone else on your own to kind of get what you feel like you're missing. I feel like maybe if, you know, communication, we talked about that earlier, if we just learn to really just put the child first and communicate with the intent of bringing up our child as best as possible, we can remove our people from the court system as much as possible. We can, we can put our own legal document together, notarize it or whatever, because that can hold up in a court of law if we ever decide like, you know what, we don't have to take this to the court. If we have, if we just took the time out to remove the emotions from things and just work as a unit, we don't have to be together to work as a unit. We can be apart and work as a unit. There's so many beautiful examples of blended families out there. We can all work together. If we're outside of the courts, the courts don't have nothing else to do. The money is going to be gone. They're gonna to have to figure out another way, basically. But let's work together. Nobody wants to put their feelings aside. <clears throat> Women are very, we are emotional creatures, right? But we take on a lot. And I have to speak as a black woman that we're kind of already trained to be able to just handle everything, no matter what and just push through in life. But with doing that, it we're holding so much emotion in that we're angry most of the time, but we, we are angry for valid reasons. We are angry because why does it have to be a, a constant conversation for you to do what you need to do as the other parent? Why do I always have to end up holding the bag all the time? It's okay for you you and when I say you guys I don't mean all men but it's okay for you guys to say you know what I'm not able to come and pick them up this weekend because of whatever reason or it's okay for you to miss a parent-teacher conference because of whatever reason it's okay for you guys to just not be present all the time when we don't have that option at all we gotta just continue to push through it and a lot of times go home and just sit in our rooms and end up crying. No one thinks about all of those things that comes along. It's just so much focus on, well, you took me to court. I took you to court because you're not constant. I took you to court because I'm tired of having to drown all the time, taking on the financial responsibility by myself. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to see all aspects of the situation. They just want to focus on these little things that we see on a daily basis, but let's peel back the layers. There's not just 
the women going to court because they want to hurt you financially because we're no longer together. A great number of these women are because they don't, they can't do it anymore by themselves. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. Sure. Why don't you think the courts start implementing mandatory co-parenting counseling instead of the financial and visitation aspects? Don't you think some type of... What are they going to get out of that if that happens? That what are they going to get out of that if it's, it's, if it's successful? What, do, what are they gaining? Mm. They don't gain anything from that, so why should they? Interesting. So you're pointing out that the systematic, it's there. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to get into these systematic conversations, but there, there are a lot of truth to it. Yeah. I, I mean, that could have been implemented a, a long time ago, mm -hmm. but then the number, like you were saying, the financial aspect of it goes out the window. Mm -hmm. So no, we're not going to suggest that. So why do you think it appears nowadays that more parents, men and women that go to court for child support tend mm -hmm. to stress the finances versus the actual visitation and bond with the child? I mean, do you not see the cost? I mean, <laughs> shit. You know how much it costs? Outside of raising a child, <laughs> we got rent. Some some people have rent in utilities. Not everybody's not everyone's rent includes utilities. We have medical. Do you know how much medical is when it's you and a child that comes out your one and only check? So I understand that as a parent and a person who I didn't even get to the clothes and the food <laughs> as a person who unfortunately is in this systematic system against uh, not not if anything that I feel like I've done. But, you know, I don't mind my children being on my insurance. I love my insurance. I think I have some of the greatest insurance. Um, the only issue that I have when it comes to child support is when people say rent. If you live on your own, you would have rent regardless. You would have utilities regardless. So we should only okay. factor in exactly what is supposed to be contributed to the child. And if I can provide it, mm -hmm. then why do we even need to go to the court? Because I feel like a lot of times people use that rent thing, and I'm kind of like, you would have it regardless. You would have light, gas, and water regardless. So why try to use yeah. that as a, as a selling point? Well, because now we have other things on top of that because we we do anticipate that we have to pay that stuff right but now we don't no longer just have those items we have additional items that is now overall a part of all the other things but to my knowledge because i've never gone through the system that's what is rent isn't contemplated in that correct what when you talk about child support yeah no they only factor in how much money you make for the year mm -hmm. they don't they don't count taxes they don't mm -hmm. count student loans they don't mm -hmm. count credit card debt they don't well, they so don't that's count like how, everywhere they don't <laughs> count how much your rent is versus how much the mm -hmm. other person's rent is they're like yo this right. is a percentage and you got to figure it out like one of the most shocking things but I that percentage heard, is to cover like what is mainly stuff for the child correct but but they don't even know where the money's nobody knows where the money's going the bottom line is systematically the ch depending on the amount of children you have they get a certain percentage regardless 
Right, but from my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the percentage is contemplative of ch um, child care. It's I contemplative it of medical. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's the percentage is more contemplative based off of the actual child's needs. It's not looked at as saying, okay, but so this is what you're going to get now, how the parent chooses to spend the money. That's a different story because no one knows how the money is going to be spent. But I think it's, personally, if you're going to do all of that factoring in, you're mm -hmm. factoring now the person that you're taking money from, how will they survive? I mean, Shouldn't that be factored in? Like, should I should I, I have to work and be that homeless? That is. It's not. It's not. And in my experience, I know everybody has a different court experience, and it mm -hmm. depends on your judge. It depends on your county. But mm -hmm. there was a situation a few years ago where she was claiming that she needed childcare, mm -hmm. and they told me, they told us to submit our affidavits for uh, our bills. And mm -hmm. the judge said out loud, based on what you have here, you don't make enough money to take care of yourself. Why should I give you an increase? And she said, well, I'm paying this person to pick up my child. I'm paying this person to do this. And the judge turned to me and said, okay, Mr. Smalls, we're going to give her an extra $150. I said, so that leaves me with $100 with a $2,000 rent. How am I supposed to survive? Mm -hmm. And she said, that's the law. And it was at that point yeah. where the first time I thought about committing a crime. <laughs> In order to be able to survive or to attack them. She told me I was only going to have $100 to my name right. to pay all of my bills while saying mm -hmm. she was mismanaging her money, but she was going to give her more of my money and I had to figure out how I'm going to survive. It was at that point where I was just like, this system doesn't make any sense. So yes, but, in that sense, I agree. And I've never been a big fan of how the government calculates anything because everything is calculated based off of before taxes. No one spends what they get before taxes. If they did, we would not be in the situations that a lot of us are in. Mm. So I never understood that. And there's a show that comes on. It's one of my mom's guilty pleasures, but it's like a, um, I think it's a show called Child Support Court or something like that. And one day I was watching it with her and the judge is like in a somewhere down south. But based on their law in that particular state, he makes a lot of money. But because of the law, the mom was only allowed to get like a certain amount. And it was a small amount. And the mom was just like, I just don't understand. Like he makes such and such and such. But the judge broke it down. And that was the first time I learned that it was just like, okay, so every... I know that every state is different, but as far as like the calculations and things like that, every state has their their different max and minimum. Mm -hmm. But every state still calculates everything before taxes, mm -hmm. which is asinine to me because as government employees, they don't even spend what they get before taxes. Mm -hmm. So that is a formula where I feel needs to be recalculated and we figured out like these are laws that have not been changed and god knows how long but it's because of those laws that leave people 
in a situation that they're not financially okay in. Because like you were saying, the judge is seeing that she's literally mismanaging her money, but because of the law, she has no choice but to say, well, Mrs. Smalls, I'm sorry, unfortunately, you're just gonna have to give an additional 150, and I guess you're gonna have to shake your ass at Sue's rendezvous to kind of make up the difference to pay your actual bills. Yes. So and I it, think there needs some to be some lobbying when it comes to reform child support as well. Mm-hmm. I will give her credit that <laughs> during that back and forth in court, we agreed that mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of her paying somebody to get them, I would leave work early. Now I got paid hourly. Okay. So, I got, so me leaving work early, I'm making less money. But it was right. it was a better trade-off than being left with $100 a week to pay all my bills. So, uh, yeah. so I was kind of like, uh, but that's the reason why eventually at some point I had to have a bunch of roommates right. to offset not losing an apartment and being homeless. So right. um, I don't want to be uh, too far on the child support thing. So the last thing I'll ask mm-hmm. you in terms of child support is um, if the courts granted custody to the parent mm-hmm. who least needed child support, do you think they would still be as flooded as people demanding child support? Police need the child support. Meaning this person is saying, I need the child support money. And they're saying, well, since you can't survive and take care of the right. child, we're going to grant I'll the other person custody over there. Right. because they don't need it. Do you think the court system would be as packed or as demanding to seek money if that was the ultimate? I'll be honest, there's going to be a lot of irate <laughs> baby mamas. <laughs> and that's just me speaking honestly because you still have you have the percentage who go because they need the help and no one is helping. And then you have the percentage that goes as a way to like, I'm gonna fuck your life up. And without that, they can no longer wreak havoc in a sense in that father or mother's life because that was the only thing that they were able to use to like piss them off in a sense. Mm-hmm. That, those, that group right there would be upset. Yeah. How much you want to bet a lot of them will figure it out real quick because that's not something that they actually wanted. They just wanted that financial punishment. So let's bring it back to the topic. Mm-hmm. Trust me to make your mother, but you don't trust mm-hmm. me to be a father. The plagues mm-hmm. of co-parenting. Why is it so hard to co-parent? Look at where did we get examples of co-parenting from? Oh, uh, I guess your community, your society, your family, your subfamily. There your weren't that family. many broken homes back then, so they didn't have to worry about co-parenting. You know, I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm okay. going to say there, I'm going to say there was, I'm going to say there was as many broken families back then. The only difference mm-hmm. is we were more of a community back then. That I will agree with you to an extent. I will say yes. Because I always yes, don't say you that. Know, your is, neighbors and everybody were involved. So, yes, yes you're, you're now, right in that. Now you can't discipline your neighbor's child. You can't even talk to them and tell them, hey, you're being bad because that seemed as an attack on their child and the person's parenting, and that could start a fight or a shootout. But back in the days, mm-hmm. I remember getting popped by somebody's grandmother because I cursed and mm-hmm. I shouldn't. And then my mom came home, you cursed in front of Blase Blase, and you got popped. Mm-hmm. And it just continued. Yeah. So you knew from that that time, there's certain things you can't do in the community. I remember being young 
and being mm-hmm. down the hill where you couldn't be on the corner because that's where all the drug dealers kind of did their thing. But if you got mm-hmm. caught, then this person would beat you. You tell your parents this person would beat you or mm-hmm. a fight break out. But once this person's grandmother hit that corner, you stop the fight immediately. You let it go inside the building right. and then you continue mm-hmm. to fight. And I feel like all of those community togetherness, respect, guidelines are kind of out, the, out the door nowadays. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's so many things, like so many fine lines when it comes to pa- co-parenting or, you know, having a community, like you were saying, there's so many fine lines that people don't want to get involved and they find it a little bit easier to mind their business. You still have those people, but when I think back on it now, the people who as a community will step in and say something, they are older because that's something that they were accustomed to. So, I mean, let's just say in this day and age, as an example, you have social media and you have all these examples of perfectly co-parenting, blended families and all this community support. Maybe there will be a shift going back in that direction but I also feel like if it's not an example that you have, it's not going to be that easy to just say, like, like we're going to be the example of co-parenting. Some people do want to do better than how they were raised or how their parents were raised. And then there are people who are just comfortable in staying in the same space. What are some of the top things that you say plague the 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 downfall of co-parenting what are some of the top issues co-parenters have one of the top issues is communication the another thing is parenting style everybody has their own parenting style but again that also ties into communicating because let's figure out a way that we both can agree on that will be the overall parenting style when it comes to our child because everybody's parenting style is different just because you see this over here doesn't mean that it won't work for us over here and then i also feel and which is kind of i think crazy to say but i feel finances play a part in a big part in co-parenting as well Mm -hmm. i just feel like if there's if there is no uh anger or or hatred towards one another mm-hmm. it's the easiest way to get to co-parenting co-parenting faster even if, if one even if both sides are open to not only therapy to figure out how mm-hmm. to co-parent but also self-therapy to figure mm-hmm. out how to overcome those anger or blockages that create the miscommunication because i feel like we were talking about text messages earlier Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I tell people, you got to remember that person that you're texting is reading mm-hmm. it from that voice of that anger that they had towards you. And it could mm-hmm. be, how was your day? But it could be, well, well, how was your day? If they're reading yeah. it from that space, you're going to get a different text message. Now, if you have mm-hmm. the same feelings towards that person, then you're going to read it from this space. Mm-hmm. That's why I always eliminate the minute I think the text message or whatever's going right. on. Let me call you because I don't want it to be a buildup of back and forth, back and forth of something that happened mm-hmm. way back then. And we're still kind of living it to this day. And that's one of right. the reasons why I feel like 
the co-parenting is so hard to get over because there's some unhealed wounds that need to be healed. Or even there are some wounds that are being protected mm. and they're attracting the brokenness. So mm -hmm. I experienced it with this person mm -hmm. and I didn't like it, but now I'm going out there into the world. I still want to feel that feeling that I got from that person. Right. But I just don't want it to look like this. So I'm going to have you behave and act a certain way that's not truly you, but mm -hmm. you will act in accordance of how I want you to act to get what you want. And now after right. you get what you want, we're back at square one as another person came and left because people ain't shit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a weird dynamic. I agree. Mm. I think so. Again, you know, we also come from a time where effectively communicating your feelings or even seeking any form of therapy was not a thing to do, right? So, with coming from that, you have a lot of people still stuck in that space. You know, a lot of people are now reaching out for help, realizing that they're needing help. And to be honest, I feel like it was because of COVID, a lot of people had to face like, you know what, I'm fucking damaged. Like, it's not always everyone else, it's I play a part in it as well. So <clears throat> people have to be in a space to want to one, admit their faults, take some form of accountability and find ways and actively put in the work to move away from all the things that have caused a lot of these broken relationships where we can't even communicate effectively to hear one another out because like you were saying when you're having a conversation because this is something that i know i've been taking in as well and just having conversations with people in general and one of the things is like, I found myself getting a little frustrated because it was like, I'm saying something, but it wasn't being heard in how I'm saying it. I start and then in the conversation, I'm realizing that the person is hearing it how they want to hear it. And the reason why I'm being a repetitive in explaining my position is because they're not hearing it no matter how I phrase it. They're not hearing it. They're only hearing it from how they want to hear it. And when you get to that understanding, you learn to deal differently in having conversations with that individual. So you have to put more work into how you're going to phrase things with a particular individual if you want it to be received. Sometimes you might have to say it in their voice in your head in a sense so that way when they're hearing it they can hear it from their point of view and it registers and it's like it's okay because we all hear things differently but i also feel like if you're committed in making that relationship work to where it's cohesive so both parties involved you're going to take time to actually understand where the person is coming from and if you're not if you feel like there's some kind of gray area ask questions like you said earlier so that way when we leave this conversation we are both on the same page and we're still committed in keeping the relationship in a good space and not have to worry with the back and forth mm -hmm. well <clears throat> i will agree definitely communication repetitive try mm -hmm. to think of the other person um point of view the, the one term that i use to everybody is yo flip the coin 
it's two sides of the coin. If you're right. coming from your side, then you need to flip it and see how the other person hears it, might mm -hmm. dissect it, and then might respond. So sometimes even right. before you give your, your answer, your point of view, flip it really quick and see how you can now shorten the mm -hmm. gap in communicating with the person. One of the best right. things that I do that I've learned from, and this is a cheat code, so don't try to use it against <laughs> me, anybody out there, but this is just useful. In court, the the the, the, the prosecutor and the, mm -hmm. um, the lawyers, basically, they control the conversation by asking the questions. Mm -hmm. That's the fastest way to get to an understanding. So if I say okay. something to somebody and they don't get it, I'll say, well, tell me what is it that you understood that I said? And then they have to tell me how they process it. Now I'm like, oh, that's how you saw it. This is what I meant. Versus right. me saying it over and over again, hoping you catch it. What did you hear? So right. I know how your brain works. Mm -hmm. And that way I and can lead the way. Pretty much it. Yes, the, the <laughs> way that person's brain works. So <clears throat> in dealing with it in that cheat code type of way, you now avoid a lot of somewhat frustrations because now you may be a little frustrated and upset like it's like damn like how many different ways do I have to say it for you to understand and hear where I'm coming from <clears throat> so you doing that it actually will make things somewhat easier or if that other person is feeling like no like I'm asking this or I'm saying it this way because I want to understand you you know that keeps the conversation flowing and it it just continues to help build a relationship into a healthy relationship. When you think about it, <clears throat> there are a lot more unhealthy relationships than there are healthy relationships. And in some places, from what I see more, like a lot of people are more committed into making more healthier relationships because truth be told, and I think it's because everyone gets older as well. Like a lot of us are getting older. No one has the time and the energy for that. And when you really sit back <clears throat> and do the work, because there's, there's a difference between sitting back and looking at things from different perspectives and making notes, is also being active in the work to make your relationships as well as yourself a better person. It's a lot easier to say things, but when you're actively putting, sorry. <clears throat> You just jumped off camera for a second, it's all good. Oh, sorry, yes. My aunt was calling and I forgot to put her on do that this third. But um, when you put in the work, you will also see how much healthier the relationship can be. It's great to say like, you know what? I, I did some self-reflecting and this is what I see. But it's also like I did some self-reflecting. I see my part in the situation. I'm learning the tools to so that way I can do better and then I don't continue to create the same situations that were constantly happening. So in an example of co-parenting, listen, <clears throat> I realized that by me saying or doing this, it kind of takes our conversation in a different direction that I don't want and I don't find that it's feasible for what we're trying to do in regards to our parenting. I was thinking of doing X, Y, Z, like it keeps the other parents not feeling that they always, oh, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about it, just keep talking and then come back on camera as you talk. Okay, okay. 
it makes that other parent feel like they don't have to be as guarded. And like every time they have a, a conversation with you, like it's, you know, sometimes you go in like, oh my God, because it's the person that something is going to go wrong automatically. But when you start having those types of conversations, it becomes more smooth. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I want to jump to this aspect of the topic in right. terms of the troubles of co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Why do most mothers tend mm-hmm. to view the child as theirs versus <laughs> both of the of 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 y'all's? If you both created them, not a person that you had a child with that you're not together. I'm talking about actual you're in a relationship or you're engaged or you're married. Why do women tend to view that child as just strictly theirs and not his? That I cannot answer because I never understood that either. I mean, as much as um, Kevin and I were not always on the same page, I've never said it, it was never just solely my child. If anything, I was, it's, he had two parents. <clears throat> Stop saying things to me like I was always the, he had two parents. So I've never understood that. It never made sense to me, but maybe for a parent, let's just say, because I'm trying to look at it from, a different perspective, but let's just say it's a single mom who the dad is just not active at all, mm-hmm. has never been active. I guess at that point you will just sit there and say like, uh, no, that's don't, my child. The only reason why I'm bringing that up is because even <clears throat> in my day-to-day aspects, in my community, mm-hmm. in my family, mm-hmm. people that are married, still mm-hmm. the mothers will be like, that's my child. And I'm just like, you had them together. Even I, sometimes I have my mother come from that space mm-hmm. of my child, I got to protect him, I got to do this. And it's kind of like, no, we have dad too. So why you're not viewing it as that? I was, I always wanted to try to get an understanding of why that territory aspect of mine, my mind tends to- It can also be the, you know, the nine long agonizing months. Some people go days in labor. <laughs> I mean, your little five minutes of fun has truly changed the course of my life in all ways. So maybe that's why. Mm. Well, I thought I, I thought yeah. I thought that was one of the reasons why when the <clears throat> relationships <throat> don't go well, there's an mm-hmm. automatic division because that possession comes in, and possession mm-hmm. is also nine cents of the law, which is also reflective of that whole child support and custody thing because whoever okay. files is claiming possession <laughs> hmm. that's a different way to look at it that i've never like really really sat and thought on because i just i'm with you like i just never understood that especially in the sense like it's like okay well it's just our child but then we want you to be involved and active but then you kind of take over everything like if it's not our way then it's the highway so how does that work Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's interesting so that's why i had put that question down then my last last question that connects to the topic is mm-hmm. why does society tend to place blame on men for not wearing condoms but not on women for not taking birth control pills mm-hmm. 
society. I mean, does society? I mean, there's birth control commercials all over the place. You don't even see a condom commercial. No, I'm talking about in this situation, in this situation on the topic, you trust me to make you a mother, but you don't trust me to be a father, taking all of those components and saying <clears throat> there's a message in society. Deadbeat dads, there's no, there's no opposite that was created to deflect deadbeat moms. It's all these things that just attack the identity of an absent man. And it's like mm -hmm. you got her pregnant, and it's kind of like, but they take her control as well. Why is everybody <clears throat> held accountable? across the board for the conception of this process and this um i think both parties are held accountable i think the conversation could be louder yeah. it's not a, a conversation that's spoken on all the time i would do i'm big on suggesting that women don't take birth control then you guys walk around with condoms as well like don't rely on the male to be the only one to have condoms from my experience with birth control and for a lot of women of color and their experience with birth control is just not a thing there's a lot of risks that come along with birth control especially when you're on birth control for a long period of time which they don't talk about enough is when you're on birth control straight for years that plays a part in when you're actually actively trying to um, have a baby. Some people have had to have their tubes flushed because of the blockage that the birth control has caused. So there's a lot of <clears throat> health issues that I would say as to women who just aren't on birth control. But with that being said, you have to be cautious in other ways if you don't wanna be pregnant it's not the man's sole responsibility to make sure that they're wrapped up are you that comfortable with them not being wrapped up like why are you so comfortable that kind of sounds judgy as i say it out loud but the reality is is that <clears throat> you go to lay down with this individual right without the intent of actually procreating do you not want to protect yourself from other things as well? Mm. And why are you so comfortable with leaving it to the male to make sure that you guys are both protected? Mm. I'm going to get slack. I, I kind of feel it, but I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> like, like you said, it takes two to tango in a situation. It's like, okay, we go into a gunfight. But I'm gonna say if you're I'm going to just come to this fight because I'm like, well, Anthony, you know, the male, he's gonna have the gun. He's gonna have the ammo. And now we have the fight both looking at each other. So because you are the male, I'm just okay with leaving my life in your hands. I'm gonna come with my own nine and if <laughs> I hope you bought yours too, because I'm not shooting for you. Like I gotta take care of myself. Listen, I love that analogy. And I personally, as a parent, speak to the mm -hmm. older two. Because the young one, mm -hmm. you know, she still got time before she starts her dating. Yeah. School. But the exactly. older two, I always say, I need you to understand some things in life that are not really taught in school or spoke about. Mm -hmm. And the number, the number one thing you need to realize is sex was created for one purpose. And that number one person, purpose mm -hmm. is procreate oh it's not for the enjoyment 
No, that's not what it is. So I teach them, I teach them that mm-hmm. sex is the number one reason to have sex is to create a language. That's mm-hmm. why people be fruitful and multiply. When you right. get married, you are now having sex to have a deeper bond and connection with your with your spouse or whatever, uh, fiance, and that's the other purpose. Outside mm-hmm. of those two purposes, what is your purpose of having sex? So if you are fucking without a purpose, more than likely you're gonna mm-hmm. get some shit you can't get rid of. Or you're gonna put yourself in a situation you can't run from. Yeah. So I need you to have sex with a purpose. So mm-hmm. if you're having sex without a condom, you're having sex without thinking about having a baby, without getting an mm-hmm. STD, that means you were fucking without a purpose and now you gotta deal with the consequences. So that's mm-hmm. the message I'm trying to put out there to make sure that they're aware of, listen, I was young and I went out there and I did everything because people said you're supposed to do it. But when I look mm-hmm. over everything, I'm, not everybody was worthy of experiencing me. Not everybody was worthy of having my energy or my spirit run through them. Yeah. Not everybody's mm-hmm. worthy of me taking on their soul ties. Mm-hmm. Or taking on their tox that toxic spirit from having sexual energy with other people. Right. You gotta cherish yourself. So on this, word on this that's that's the there. message that I try to put out there on top of listen, we're not even gonna focus on protection. We're gonna focus on what can happen if you mm-hmm. go So always plan right. ahead versus just doing it on a mm-hmm. whim and then wonder why you got some luggage you can't get rid of. <laughs> right. I'm a big proponent on um, giving girls condoms to walk with, having the open and raw conversations because it's needed. Like <clears throat> those conversations weren't held with me when I was growing up. I mean, granted, I had my son considering pretty late, as I would like to say, and it wasn't late. I mean, 21 is not late, but I had friends who had children when we were still in high school. So, <clears throat> you know, just some life experiences, I've been very big on having the most open and honest and raw conversations as possible which is why i like to say that i'm not a granny yet (laughs) because having those conversations with my son and i'm also glad like him and his girlfriend aren't in that space the thought of that is what makes them run for the hills if anything so i do believe especially nowadays where oh bless you Oh, you hear that in the background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like texting her, like, bless you, girl. <laughs> but, um, having those open conversations, they're, they're needed now more than ever because our children and nieces and nephews and, you know, our grandchildren are living in a day of technology where they can just go and figure things out on their own. I don't want you figuring out anything on your own. Let's talk about it so you can make the best conscious decision for yourself and your partner, I will say. I will concur. The number one thing I tell the children is we have smartphones, but a lot of dumb users. Just use your phone. Ooh, that, that's a good one. That is <laughs> a good phone, one. Your phone, you can just speak to it and they'll talk back and give you all the information you need. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. So as we start to get to the end of the episode, do you have any questions, any follow-ups, anything you want to ask me? Well, here's the question because, you know, we this is a topic and I know that you're kind of well-versed in this situation. Like 
what are your views on the whole child support dynamic? Like, what do you think that there are any ways to improve that system? <clears throat> I think that do they you need think, to. Why start... don't you? You should host a seminar on co-parenting. I should, but I don't think people listen now. So I think you got to build like some celebrity platform and then everybody starts listening because we champion oh, celebrities in this. People listen to celebrities more than they listen to doctors. You know what? That is true. So I, it's it's going to be hard to get those people to listen. So the best thing you can do is you got to take care of home first. You change your home and you hope that mm. that vibrates throughout the world, but you can't mm -hmm. save a nation. The number one issue I have with even the systematic racism thing is you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to fix it to save the entire African-American race in America. Right. Like those who have the resources, if you just create platforms or outlets for them to join, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we might join faster. You might change it faster if you create avenues for us. But if you're trying to save the entire world, it's almost like if you look at white America, they're not trying to save the hillbillies systems no. in place for all the hillbillies to win they don't want it right so you just got to create systems for people to <laughs> jump in and i always use tyler perry as an example don't tell the system what you're going to do just create the platform just do it. and then right. people will access it you build it they will come right. so in that same vein um i just think we just need more access to view each case one by one and not as another number. yes because every time I've been to some court situation, I feel like they're looking at me like just just another nigga in the court. And I hate to say it. They are. Way, that's how I feel. I'm being viewed. Even when, in my experience, when we had first split and we were in the courtroom and they were like, mm -hmm. they knew we were married. No, actually, before mm -hmm. they knew we were married, the judge, white lady, and it's ironic mm -hmm. the way the race plays out in court. You got a white judge. You got a black officer and you got like a spanish stenographer so you have these ethnicities, mm -hmm. all women viewing mm -hmm. me as one way so they go through my son's stuff and they're like well you got a son this is and that you're not taking care of yourself I was like no i am taking care of my son and she was like oh you have another child you have a daughter and you're not taking it i was like we're still married i don't even know why we're here and immediately <laughs> her tone changed she's like oh you're married i was like yeah i we just split up and I don't know why she's putting me on, on child support like I haven't been a loving, caring husband. Right. Mm -hmm. So she then goes through the numbers and all stuff like that. And she was like, okay, so you'll have to pay her X amount every week out of your paycheck. And then she turned to us and said, do you want money dating from the day the children were born? I said, hold up. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Why are we back dating to the day the children were born? She said, well, that's the law. She's entitled to her if she wants it. I'm like, what type of system oh, no, is this? That's up. But that was my experience. Other people say that oh. wasn't an experience, but that was my experience where I just found out that this system is not a nice system. And I never yeah. want to deal with anything that has to deal with the court because I feel like if you really wanted to, systematically that structure, if you ever really want to be nice, you could, but you choose not to. You choose chaos, you mm -hmm. choose dysfunction because it benefits right. you. I just overall, I've always felt like it was a horrible system because I feel like it's kind of advertised in a sense as like a payback type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, come here if you want to pay back your your ex for X amount of things that he's done to you. And I say that only because of what I've seen in my adult life, what I've heard. Like, it's the case of people that go in because they need the help 
it's, it's kind of smaller than those who are just like, yeah, girl, you should put your baby daddy on child support. So that way he can't have this and he can't have that. You hear more of that type of conversation. Oh. And I don't like that because that's what the court is looking for. That's a way that for them to continuously keep a hold on us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I've always been like, fix it. Like try, at least try to do it amongst yourself, right? You can do it legally, always getting it notarized because you have it there. So now if it does not work out and you guys have no choice but to go to court, at least you gave it a shot. And you can use that like, you know, Yana, this is what we worked out on our own. It's just not working. We're looking for a more structured type of thing. If you don't want to be in the system, I feel like you should also help. I know men who have purposely constantly either changing jobs or not working or working a lesser job to avoid having to pay child support. That's fucked up. It's, so the it, fuck up is on both sides. It is, but when you hear the story that I went through where they're telling me I got $100 to pay $2,000 in rent because you're saying some person's mismanaging money, I had these kids in this apartment with the mm -hmm. notion of us being together and trying to figure it out. Not for it to be divided and now me being in an apartment and you know New York rent is expensive and trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to survive. Like systematically, right. even if you've been into one of the child support like rooms, if you look mm -hmm. at the subliminal messaging, all the posters mm -hmm. on the wall don't indicate the reverse. It only indicates one thing, deadbeat dads, dad not giving time, dad mm -hmm. not that. And I'm like, I had a whole bunch of male friends who have custody of their children mm -hmm. and got child support from the mother. Mm -hmm. Why is it not messaging for them, those fathers right. who have custody? Mm -hmm. it's, it's I. That's why I feel like it's a lot of systematic thing inside of it. Then on top of that, the there's a lot that, of like factors. Systematic is definitely one thing, but there are other factors that contribute to it. So overall, this the child support is always going to be a monster with a lot of moving pieces. There's never going to be like one core thing because let's just say we remove the systematic thing. Does that remove the, the better baby mama or the better baby daddy? Mm -hmm. They remain who they are. Mm -hmm. They will still go to court. The difference is, is that if, the, if you remove the systematic part of it, that better baby mother is not going to win the way that she knew she was going to win beforehand. So that, you know, it's going, it's always going to be a monster with different layers. And the biggest layer that I'll close this out on is mm -hmm. the same women that have the fathers in court for child support and telling their mm -hmm. friends, get them for child support, get them for child support, have the same energy and clap when your son hits the same system. Yeah. Because a lot of us that are actually dedicated, loving fathers mm -hmm. that are trying to understand the system and survive the system, we have mm -hmm. sons that's about to go into the same system. And those kids that I saw coming up mm -hmm. that are now in the system, their parents are mad, or their mothers are mad that they're going through it. I'm like, but you put the father through it. And he was there. He was loving. He was caring. So can't be mad your son's experiencing the same thing you put the father through. That doesn't make any sense. Are so you feeling like it's kind of like karma? No, I don't feel like it's calm. I just feel like you should have the same, energy, the same energy that you said, yeah, give me his money when they taking your son's money. Mm -hmm. says, hey, yeah, girl, take all my son's money. That's how I feel. <laughs> Bro, let, let's just be serious here. How many moms 
or you gonna hear that out their mouth. Yeah, I know that's the hip hop. <laughs> right, right, because truth be told, you're not trying to hear that if anybody was to do that with Dustin. Like, you're not going to sit there and be like, I mean, like, well, girl, like, put yourself in a mom's shoes. That's not what you will say. I understand why you're saying that, but when the role is reversed, it is not going to be that way. Yeah, but I mentioned it, like, in the past, like, you know, you got me going through the system and I'm not too fond of it. You know, I love my kids. You know, I do anything for them. Mm-hmm. So I know why you're doing it, but you know, our son is going to get older. He might end up dating somebody like you. Are you going to have the same mm-hmm. energy when he comes across somebody like you? In this, and what was the in this situation. It, it didn't go over too well, but I was just trying to <laughs> be direct in the understanding. And don't get right. me wrong, I don't want nobody to hear this and think that I'm trying to you know, belittle, berate, or anything. I'm talking about right. real situations, real communicative, real life shit. Yeah, like I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. this the system and the advantage, and if they saw it case by case and they literally took it case by case, it would have a different outcome. But a lot of times, these streamlined, systematic things, they don't want a mm-hmm. outcome. They don't want to take it case by case. They want to lump everything Hell together. No. And, and this is what you have. <laughs> exactly. All right, so as we wrap up this topic, we go into the next. This was segment. a juicy one. Say that again. This was a juicy one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always good hollering <laughs> at you about these complicated issues. <laughs> I feel like I always get chosen for the complicated ones. Well, we're both parents, so I gotta hit you. That with is more interesting That's ones. True. A lot of times when I'm when I have Damo. It's more, mm-hmm. I can't talk to you too much about the parenting because you don't have children yet. Right. So I got to hit certain people with certain things because they probably already seen it or experienced mm-hmm. it. So that's why I that's say true. this one. Okay. But uh, as we wrap it up, we go to the DNA mm-hmm. decoded, which is a summation of the topic. So how do you want to sum up your framing for this episode for the folks? Okay. <clears throat> So what I want to say, because I feel like certain things, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm like in a way attacking the women because I'm not. But I just feel like both parties will do so much better if they address their internal issues with each other and then figure out a more, more cohesive way to work together with the sole focus of raising their child in a much better emotionally and stable home. We don't realize how emotionally damaging we are to our children. It's not for them the financial part of co-parenting. It's the emotional part. It's teaching them early on what a healthy relationship is all about. And we don't realize that because we're so stuck in our feelings that we miss all of that. And now we got another little angry child in the street who does not know how to effectively communicate because they learn from us. This topic, I feel like we'll never, it's not a topic that we won't hear about until we actually do the work. I think in order for it to be removed from the system, like you said, we have to do better as a unit and just start putting our children first and how they feel and how much it will impact them 
if we're not on the same page. Our children turn into the adults that we are today. And in order for them to be able to have healthy relationships overall, we have to be able to start setting the example. And that requires a lot of self-work, a lot of self-reflection and accountability. Great, great, great. I'll sum it up by adding on saying, um, don't use your children as a pawn. If mm -hmm. one person is using them as a pawn, they're officially pawns in a game until you're out of the system. Mm -hmm. So if you use them as a tactic to try to hurt the other person, then you're misguiding not just the family dynamic for your children, but mm -hmm. how to overcome this because we normally tend to repeat what we don't understand. That's why you have generational right. curses. In order to break mm -hmm. the curse, you got to actually figure out how do we avoid this for the next generation. The main reason why we don't have generational wealth is because nobody's actually saying, well, we all did it this way and it didn't work out for us. How do we create wealth for the next generation? By making them aware, hey, this is how you avoid this. Look exactly. for signs like this. Put your money mm -hmm. here because we did. So you should have more conversations as a family, even though it's not mm -hmm. cookie cutter or anything like that. Have a monthly meeting with right. you, your baby mama, baby daddy, and your children mm -hmm. to say right. these are some of the things that we would like to correct these are some things we want to do more and give the children an opportunity to have a voice you never know yes. how far going your children are if you don't ask them how it affects them and once Absolutely. you hear how damaging it is for them then maybe you might be more keen to put your hatreds aside for each other and build a better community i agree we, yes that Yes, our children need to have a voice, people. Mm -hmm. Not that old, that old joint when we were growing up where it was like, children are not supposed to be heard or seen. They're supposed to be in the back. Nah, that you can't do that. Hence why we have so many damaged people out here now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we they got don't children know in the back do. at four mm -hmm. years old learning how to work an iPad, iPhone, and a computer while the old right. folks are sitting together talking about stuff that don't even be relevant to today's time and stuff like that. Exactly. It's out there. Figure out what they want to know. <laughs> Figure out what's what's making their brain tick and stuff like that. So yeah, in this day and age, you need to know what, what makes their brain tick. I don't need nobody out here plotting against me in my sleep, child. Mm -mm. I need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And trust mm. those devices, those TikToks, those Instagrams, those Facebooks. There's some mm. programming going on. As much as we think we use our phones, our phone are programming us to react to certain things. That's why you Hell get. Yeah. That's why you get those phantom, uh, what's it called, phantom buzzing when your body just shakes for some reason. You check your phone immediately. <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> you never had your body like when your phone is on vibrate and you feel the vibrate, you check your phone, but sometimes your phone don't be on you, but you thought your body vibrate. So you look at your phone immediately like, did I just get a text message or a buzz or something? No. Never peeped that? No, now I'm gonna be like paying attention. It's called it's called like phantom um the phantom vibrates. It's kind of like your body is so used to being triggered by your phone that you automatically like Pavlov's dogs like ring the bell, give them steak, ring the bell, give them steak. Eventually, take away the steak and keep ringing the bell. They're gonna keep coming to the bell because they know that there's something mm -hmm. coming behind it. Coming, so right, yeah. So I'm letting well, our phone. That probably us. doesn't apply to me because you know my phone be on either silent or do not disturb. <laughs> So maybe that's, that's why, why I'm missing it. That's why I text you and be like, yeah, and I just wait for you. I know. <laughs> she don't I respond know, immediately. Yeah. That means her phone off. <laughs>
yeah, like if I don't respond, that's a thousand percent right. The phone is absolutely off. But do not disturb is my go-to for most times, especially during work. <clears throat> but other than that, like I definitely check it. But I've never paid attention to that. I feel like I need to take all that off and just keep my phone on at least vibrate or something and see what happens. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. So this is another episode of Hello, Relationship brother. DNA. Thank you, Dina, for coming out and representing AKA Of course. Hey. That's supposed to be between you and I. I cannot believe you told me what you called me. Oh. Yeah. If somebody even says to me, Didi, I'm still going to fight you. <laughs> Yo, if they do say that, that means people are watching, which is a good thing. It is a good thing, but that is what no one was supposed to know. <laughs> I cannot. Well, it was a great time as always. I can't wait to do it again. Yes, yes. Can't wait to speak to you again. So love yes. you, sis, and everybody. Love you too, bro. Love y'all too. See Thanks, guys. See you later. Oh, okay. You just want to get at this. <laughs> <laughs> love you, bro. Be safe. All right. <laughs>